Welcome to Garden Society. We are a sisterhood of women exploring holistic ways to rejuvenate from the rigors of daily life. We are wives and moms, sisters and girlfriends, bill payers, breadwinners, multitaskers, and peacemakers. We invite you to explore the possibility of elevating every day with our favorite plant. Grant yourself permission to chill out, smoke a joint, and get inspired to find your joy with us on Garden Society, the podcast. This gathering of the Garden Society is now in session. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Garden Society, the podcast. Today's theme is all about the art of growth. So growth personally, growth professionally, how do you grow your business while also trying to be the best human you can be at the same time? Um, good morning, Erin. Good morning, Harley. <laughs> I'm so excited for this episode, especially because we have our dear friends with us here today. Yes, we have two wonderful women whom we look up to. We have Miss Samantha Ford and Pamela Hadfield. Thank you, ladies, so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. And this thank you uh, to all our listeners for tuning in on this episode. Woohoo! So I'm going to kick off by uh, introducing Pamela Hadfield to you. She is a co-founder of HelloMD. It is an online platform for telehealth in the cannabis industry, in addition to an online sales platform. So they sell beautiful cannabis products, um, including Garden Society. Must plug that. <laughs> uh, Pamela is a, what do you call it? A multi-time entrepreneur. She <laughs> enjoys this artful world of entrepreneurship and building business. Businesses. She also works with her husband, which I find to be so fascinating and fun. And I can't wait to dig into that because I'm sure you will. Aaron and, Aaron and I are always like, dude, could we ever work with our husbands? Is that a, like, oh God, no. Oh, they, they keep applying for jobs. Yeah. They send us resumes. Yeah. Every time we build a new job description, oh, I could let, that's a good one for me. Well, I'll do that one. We're like, we come together. Are we doing this? No. I tell, I tell my Run husband, away. repeat after me, boss. Right. And then he's like, yeah, no, I don't want to go to counseling. Um, anyway. And we have Samantha Ford with us as well, which we're super excited. So um, we'll go into all of our personal relationships here in a minute, but Samantha is a senior vice president at Protus Global, which is an executive search firm focused on helping high growth cannabis companies fill key, really senior level positions. Um, she's also a wife and a mother. She's also an entrepreneur who has since merged her company and a fellow Midwesterner. So hence we're deeply connected. I know we realized everyone in this room is from a different state. We have Texas, Wisconsin, Illinois, Connecticut, in California. Except, yeah, you're from here. So. I know. <laughs> but five or, yeah, five different states. Can I do math today? Yeah, I can. <laughs> so maybe what would be a great way to start is we'll have both of you tell your stories because you'll tell it a lot um, better than we will and a lot more interesting. So Samantha, I cut you off earlier when we were oh, chatting because okay. yeah. I wanted you to tell all of our listeners about, about Protus and about how you got to where you are. Sure. Well, I, I think you guys would probably agree. There is there's a lot of serendipity in this business. Mm -hmm. And I feel like these things happen where you go, is that, whoa, is that a coincidence? Was it destiny? This is really interesting. And so for me, um, it was last year around this time where I had uh, not, uh, I left 
executive search for Wall Street had um, done something else when I got married and, and had a family. And I was going, I was going back to work and I didn't want to go back to Wall Street. And within this two week period of time, I met a bunch of people cannabis related. And I had this light bulb moment. So I missed your last. I should have been on <laughs> you your, other, been on your <laughs> other. The spark. Yeah, the spark. Yeah. We all have sparks. You had a so spark. So the light yes. bulb moment was, I just now still know so many people from my Wall Street days. I have all of these connections on the peninsula, personally, professionally. And I thought, holy smokes, I could absolutely take those relationships and introduce them to the cannabis industry because- they would be interested, but not know how to, candidates would be interested, but not know how to vet the opportunities. So Mm -hmm. why don't I do that? So I reached out to an old colleague of mine who's still um, uh, working uh, on Wall Street. And he graciously invited me to this investor conference in New York. And so within like two days, I printed business cards (laughs) that I'm back doing executive search. I got on a plane on a red eye. I showed up to this conference in like jeans and a t-shirt, went in the bathroom. I changed and I literally sat on panels all day and got to meet these amazing founders and CEOs of these companies. And I literally just put my business card in their hands and I shook their hands and I got some business from it. And, (laughs) but I came home and I realized I wasn't going to be able to really help scale. Mm -hmm. Um, So I reached out to someone I was introduced to years ago, who was the founder of Protus. And he was lovely. I, and said, yeah, we'd be interested in partnering. And within two days, I flew down, had great meetings with them. And I said, let's do this. And within a week, we we decided to do it. That's so fantastic. One thing that I've been so amazed by in filming these podcast episodes is uh, everyone's journey happened relatively quickly. You kind of had this moment, and I'm, I am in so much agreement with you around the serendipity of the cannabis industry. Mm-hmm. It is getting a little weird. I just got reconnected to someone who I went to kindergarten with <laughs> right? and um, haven't spoken to in 30 years. So it's really incredible. And also the power of the women that we're bringing into this room and Samantha to just say, okay, I'm doing this. Like mm-hmm. I, here's this opportunity. I have this idea and I'm, I'm going to go do it. And to really take that action is so, um, it's just fun to hear. And it's fun to have had so many stories like that now where you're like, I think it inspires our listeners, hopefully, to to take that action and to do what they want to do. Yeah, I agree. Because yeah. I, I think like I look back at that now and I think I didn't know what to expect from any of this. I expected I was going to show up and these guys were going to be in like tie-dye. And I'm embarrassed <laughs> to think of that yeah. now because they were all buttoned up and professional and coming from consumer and oil and gas and all of these really cool industry industries, super buttoned up, very smart, very well-established. Um, but I think just showing up and introducing myself I look back at that now and I think, God, could I do that again? <laughs> I don't yes. know. Yes, you had, I don't you know. had a goal and a mission. Yeah. So Pamela, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about your background and story and also how you came to be in the cannabis industry. Sure. Well, I think, it, again, it is serendipity. Um, how did I come to be in the cannabis industry? Mm-hmm. It, was, it was really born out of a, um, a personal health crisis. Uh, I had suffered from migraines for 25 years and had tried everything. You know, I went to every different type of doctor. I tried every alternative um, sort of medicine, whether it, it be acupuncture or, you know, I just went down every road and um, nothing nothing worked. And so I ended up becoming highly dependent. I like to say dependent rather than addicted on Vicodin. 
and I carried it everywhere with me. Um, but I knew at the time that the, that, that road, it wasn't very long, right? I, I, I had to find a different alternative. And so somebody said, well, why don't you try cannabis? And I just rolled my eyes because frankly, it had never really worked for me. It made me anxious and paranoid. And I, so I, just, you know, scoffed at it, but I really had no other choice at that point. And so I tried it and ended up at a um, dispensary where I got some great advice and somebody um, put me on a regime of high CBD, low THC. And within a few months, I was managing my migraine pain. And after six months, I was preventing them altogether. And so I literally seamlessly left that bike in behind. And so um, <clears throat> from that, uh, as you mentioned, I am an entrepreneur. I do work with my co-founder and husband, Mark Hadfield. <laughs> partner in work and partner in life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and we actually had a, a traditional telehealth business at the time. And I came home after having this aha moment, um, spending some time with gr girlfriends, uh, where they suggested and, and poked and prodded me about getting into the cannabis industry with my story. And I went home and I, I said you know, this is a, a really simple idea and it's probably being done, but why don't we um, just pivot our business into the cannabis industry? And he was like, that's a great idea. I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> what? What? <laughs> and so we, we I, I like to say we put the pieces of the bicycle together differently and relaunched our traditional healthcare um, telehealth site into the um, California cannabis market. We were the first to market and over the past, uh, I guess it's four or five years, we've seen over 100,000 patients. We now operate across North America. We're opening up global operations. Um, and so it's been a, a wild ride, but it, it morphed from being just telehealth to an educational platform. And, and now we do um, e-commerce, as you mentioned. And mm -hmm. so uh, different things for, for different areas of the world and the globe. But um, it's been an exciting time and it did happen relatively quickly. I mean, I look back to uh, my non-experience in cannabis mm -hmm. <laughs> four or five years ago and the stigma that I held towards it. Um, and it's amazing where I am today. It's now, you know, now you're speaking on national stages about <laughs> how cannabis has helped you. And five years ago, you scoffed. And I, I think did that. That's where I met incredible. you last year at the wine and weed yeah. event. And that was that was huge for me because I had no idea that that was your story. And I remember you saying that you carried Vicodin around in your yeah. pocket because you had these migraines. Yeah. And I thought, wow, what a way to live. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but, and how normal is that? Yeah. Well, we don't talk about. Yeah. Right? And that's, and I think that's a, that's something that we, we talk about as a group often is that once you're in the cannabis industry and you have exposure to consumers and patients, you realize that, that my story is not unique. Anxiety mm -hmm. is not unique. No. Sleeping problems is not unique. Um, and that we we are a society that has been conditioned to rely upon pharmaceuticals that are often, you know, not good for us at all. Definitely. Or adult beverages. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I know beverages. all of the above. Yeah. So you are both moms and you both are, you know, entrepreneurs, wives, I'm sure, you know, group of friends, social, how do you guys find this balance between, and I realize that word balance is sort of cliche, but just how do you sort of manage that relationship between all of those things that you have a passion for and just going about like feeling like a normal human being day to day? <laughs> and also as they grow and get more complicated and demand yeah, more. Yeah. I mean, are there like routines that you put in place or is it really like, um, a specific partnership within your life, like your partner or workmate or someone that grounds you? How do, 
I would love to just talk just kind of like high level around how you guys do that. A team of people. Yeah. <laughs> I would say Fortnite has Fortnite. been a savior for me. If you guys don't, know that I don't. I don't know what that is. It's an online. It's like an online play date, and I'm embarrassed oh. to say, but it's it's true. Luckily, my son is a big athlete, so he is very active. Mm -hmm. But when I am slammed and I've got two more hours to work to do work from five to seven p.m. Mm -hmm. and I cannot pay any attention, I'm like, that's fine. Just go online, go get a Gatorade downstairs or snacks in the closet. Yeah. Yeah. Just, and um, and I have to feel okay about that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's totally normal. And I'm learning that too. Like you try the best that you can. And then there are conveniences that you're just like, okay, this will work for a couple of hours so that I can feel relieved. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure then your time with him after that is so much more focused. Yeah. Versus like, I find myself with a 17 month old trying to He's not That's quite old enough because I can't challenge. do that. I, I definitely introduced Sesame Street. Yes, yeah. Sesame Street like, is helpful. <laughs> but, you know, if I open up my computer, he's pounding on it, right? So you have to be really intentional and methodical about it. Well, I think I think also everyone's on their own journey and there's no praise nor blame. And mm -hmm. I think um, if, you, if you are a working mother or just working in general and really love your career, recognizing that you love what you do and that is an aspect of yourself and not guilting yourself over, you know, the time that you could be at home and, mm -hmm. and putting things in place where your, your children are, you, you're not only involved in their life, but you also um, have help. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, that's a big one. How uh, old are your kids? So I have a nine, 11 and 13 year old. Oh, okay. And so very early on, I, I've always worked and I recognized um, that I wasn't going to be that stay-at-home mom and I wasn't going to be the person that was going to be at the bake sale all the time. And I appreciate the people that that do do that day in and day out, but um, just understanding and kind of recognizing who you are and playing to those aspects. Mm -hmm. I, I think that my children actually appreciate me more. If I was at home with them all the time, they would absolutely hate me. Yeah. <laughs> How old is your son? So he, he's 10. Oh, and okay. so I had a little bit of the reverse. So I was an entrepreneur um, after he was born. I developed this cool little um, uh, baby pant that had sewn cushions in the knees. Oh my gosh, um, that's because so great. He was falling down and there, is, there wasn't anything that existed. So I created that. So I did do that, but I did stay at home. So I did do, mm -hmm. I did do the co-oping and I yeah. did do the parks at 730 in the morning and I could, I could not ever go back to that again, <laughs> but I did that. And so now if I have to leave to go out of town for a week, then my husband can be here. And I don't, I don't feel bad about it because we have a great relationship and it just, he knows I love him. And when I'm home, I go to every game, every practice, everything. I make him dinner every night. I sit with him at breakfast. And so when I'm here, I'm here. And when I'm gone, mm. I actually don't think about him at all. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he's covered. I can't, I can't, I can't, yeah. I can't think about that. Like yeah. when I, and I'm sure you realize this when you're gone and you've got to be speaking and meeting people mm. or what you're doing. I just, I can't think about yeah, it. Yeah. You have to be focused on what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And having those routines in pl place probably helps you, you know, kind of like, like we were saying, have that quality time once when you are there. And I think Aaron and I being mo newer moms, my daughter's three and Aaron's is 17 months, as she said, and we're still really trying to figure that all out and understand that gut, that mom guilt that you get mm -hmm. um, and trying to kind of like break that down and be okay with like, okay, when I'm at work, I'm at work. When I'm with you, I'm with you and mm -hmm. kind of balance that. Um, and then on the flip side with the art of growing your business. So, you know, definitely both of you have, um, 
Samantha, you help people up-level your team. And Pamela, you have had to up-level your team in terms of growing your business. Mm -hmm. So Aaron and I are in, we're like a few steps behind in terms of we have a really great, small, mighty, nimble team. And we're now in a place where with as Garden Society is growing, we're really needing to up-level and to bring in people to our team who um, balance our deficits and really can help bring us up to that next level. So what are, Samantha, when you're recruiting and out there looking for people, um, are there like key parts of what they're doing that you look for that you think you can flip over to the cannabis side or well, how does that work? That, that's that's such a good question. And so I would definitely say as you guys do continue to grow, I think it's like, I think it's just as important as a lawyer or an accountant that you find someone that you really like who could help you hire people because it is a full-time process. And if you're going to place an ad somewhere, you have to keep in mind that that's that those are people who are looking. And quite frankly, oftentimes you want the person who's not looking. And mm -hmm. that's again, that's, that, that's what we do. I definitely think that you, what we're finding a lot now, and sometimes we don't find it until we're far along in the process process as people get all excited about cannabis and but they don't realize that you're they're going into even the biggest most prominent companies, they don't have systems in place. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, 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 it's and, not just us. Yeah, no, no, no. And, and, and especially if it's for a CFO or someone in human resources, people go, uh-oh. Yeah. And they say, you know, I'm out. And then, you know, we don't want our clients to think that we have failed them. We'd much rather have it happen now. But the challenge is to really find people who are passionate about the business and their why. So I think, again, Pamela, you're a perfect example. You have such a great voice and a great story about your business and company. And so, for example, I think th I think that this um, is, is a perfect example. I ended up meeting someone who was um, uh, in a traditional industry. She was a CPO. And I wanted to introduce her to just uh, someone who I was recently introduced to, a very large cannabis company based here in California. And she told me that she was actually interested in cannabis because she had gone through a very difficult divorce, a very stressful time, and she found that cannabis was a huge help to her as she went through all of the stresses. Well, that to me states that someone, she she, under, she understands the product, she understands the process. And she, I, I made the introduction, they, they loved each other, they hired her as the CPO, and she is happier than she's ever been. Mm. That's so awesome. I think you just have to find you have to find people's why. If someone says, "Well, I'm not," you know, if they don't, if they think it's just sexy and fun, they are not a good mm -hmm. candidate. If it's, they're gonna, they're gonna make a lot of money. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, there's nothing sexy about it. No, yeah. it's it's <laughs> gritty and it's hard work and it is really fun. But that's because THC and cannabis are fun and there's fun people in the community. But it definitely there's a lot of grit, as I know yeah. you have experienced, Pamela. <laughs> well, you know, I, I I know that you all have heard this story before, but when, when we first started HelloMD, um, a top-level VC said to me, um, you're never going to get funding. And, you know, we the way we look at this is that you're in porn and gambling. Mm. Now, this was a friend of mine, too. <laughs> Okay. Well, so, who's laughing now? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but that was that was the that was the time then, yeah. and I heard mm -hmm. that over and over. It's like porn and gambling, being in cannabis, and so as a result, there's not only there was not only stigma about um, consuming cannabis, but there's also the stigma of working in the industry. And um, I would say that up until about a year ago, there were still employees in our company that didn't put it on their LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting about it is that. Uh, we've been hiring for a role and 
I, every time somebody new comes in these days, I'm shocked because they'll be from a place like Google. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So I was st- sitting across from this guy. I looked at his resume and, you know, Stanford MBA, Google, yada, yada, yada. I was like, why are you here? Because I have mm-hmm. no filter. I have absolutely no <laughs> I said, I didn't actually mean to say that, but but why are you here? Why would you consider leaving Google to come into the cannabis industry? And his why was really, really compelling. It was great. You know, he was passionate about cannabis, always had been, um, was really interested in the industry, had done his homework. Um, but that is the really big sea change I see now is that you have these incredibly accomplished, interesting, diverse people that want to come and work for you. And two or three years ago, it was like, crickets mm-hmm. yeah. if you had a job and I, I think that's what inspires me so much you know leading garden society is because this tide change in staffing and the skill level available to us is also the tide change from a community and a social side too mm-hmm. so that's what's driving the conversation around legalization and the mm-hmm. states act and moving everything forward at such monumental speed because all of a sudden the stigma is breaking down so quickly and we yeah. get people like Harvard MBAs from Google who are like, hey, I'm a cannabis entrepreneur. Yeah. And, and that's, it and changes that's to, everybody's perception yeah. out there. And it's not to say that that those people are any more special than than uh, other folks that were coming through the door. It's just, it's sort of a hallmark to show you that the stigma is no longer there. Mm-hmm. It's lifting for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. One thing I would love to ask from both of your perspective, which I think is very different on this question, as we're building garden society, it's very hard to pause and look up mm-hmm. and see, well, the reason we're feeling like we have a thousand pound weight on us is because we're growing so fast and we're understaffed here or we're not supporting the growth there. And if we just could resource that or could recognize what we needed, we would be able to go so much faster. So getting in front of that, because from our perspective with our growth, it really comes from a place of like, okay, now we're drowning. Now we need like to hire somebody for this instead of saying, here's where we want to go and how do we get in front? Mm-hmm. So what from Pamela, from your experience growing HelloMD, any, any like painful lessons you want to share on that side? I think it's important to always keep in your macro macro view in in sight. However, as you know, being in the cannabis industry, that macro view has to change all the time because regulations change or the the climate sun, suddenly changes. Legalization so, changes. In yeah, different states. it's it, yeah. so it's it's hard to actually answer that with any sort of clear cut answer, other than the fact that I I think that. Um, a key to success for me at least is this notion of sort of radical self-care where it's like, I don't have time to do a lot of things, but I'm going to make three or four hours um, a priority to go hiking. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is that sometimes it's just getting your head out of the books, getting your head out of the office and just going on a four hour hike, even if it's during a work day and you're going to see things a lot more clearly. Definitely. And I think in this industry in particular, because things are moving so fast and things change so quickly, we tend to think um, more is better, mm-hmm. like more time, more more, more resources of ourselves and giving over more of ourselves. And I think sometimes you have to actually step that back so that you can actually have the ability to have that bird's eye view. I love that, especially if you're smoking a Garden Society rosette on the way. (laughs) (laughs) Then you can really have a creative hike. Uh Uh, What do you see, Samantha, from a staffing? You see the insides of these high growth companies. So what do you see them doing? Well, I think that... 
God, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think sometimes you can move a little too quickly, and mm-hmm. when you do that, sometimes you can. It's and and that and when you do that, you're maybe taking money from the wrong people. And mm-hmm. when you have that money, then you feel all of this pressure that there are certain positions you absolutely have to get filled, and there is a lot of pressure to do that because you have investors. So I think that's a balance that that you really need to make in terms of trying to get in front of it. I would say it's very similar to fundraising mm-hmm. that that getting out there and just talking to people and being well-connected will help your efforts to hire people. Meaning if you go to this conference that, you know, was kind of, you know, not on your radar and it's, it, you don't really have the time, but you go, you'll meet some incredible people that when you say, oh my gosh, I need to hire this new VP of sales and someone is going to refer people to you. And then that helps you in your efforts to get the best people in the door through warm referrals. I find that happens a lot. So I think that it just, showing up and I know it's really hard because I know getting on the road and speaking and 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 taking that kind of time especially away from your family is hard but I feel like it's worth it because the more connected you are the more you can maybe just even spam it out mm-hmm. to a bunch of people like hey I I need us you know and, and also knowing what you need versus what you don't need I find there are people who need who say they need a CFO but they don't they really mm-hmm. need a controller mm-hmm. or um you know, that they're going to hire recruiters before they're going to hire a head of human resources, which you're mm-hmm. like, I don't think that that's the right order to do that. So, so t- call me, talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's really true. Cause like we looked at when we were, have been growing, I mean, take the CFO position specifically, especially coming into our next round of fundraising. It was like, Oh, we need a we need a controller. Mm-hmm. Well, it actually turned out we needed a bookkeeper with good financial policies. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. Our current bookkeepers yeah. weren't doing their job. Yeah, right. So instead of recognizing where people weren't doing their job and then filling positions to yeah. com- to compensate for what wasn't working, mm-hmm. we just needed to be honest about like, okay, this isn't the fact that we need a more senior position. This is because this person's not doing their job. Right. So we need to fix this yeah. and then that will be better. And yeah. then all of a sudden now we're like, oh, thank God we didn't hire that yeah. controller because they'd be like twiddling their thumbs all day. Right. Yeah. I do think taking taking that step back and like taking that larger view has been really essential because Aaron and I are moving a zillion miles mm-hmm. a minute and mistakes have been made and you're going to make mistakes no matter what, but giving yourself the sort of... um permission to make mistakes, but also giving yourself the breathing room and the grace to understand, okay, we did it that way. Now moving forward, we're going to make this shift and learning from, I feel like the art of growth is a lot about learning from like kind of past either, whether it's mistakes or successes or whatever they are um, and going forward. And that's so similar to life too. Mm -hmm. Um, I think as we all have been getting busier and busier and we have young budding families and trying to find the balance with the husbands. It, you know, it gets really complicated and there's a lot of different directions that you can be pulled. And that kind of brings me to, so Pamela actually (laughs) worked, I've been, Pamela works with her husband, their co-founders. And I think that that's fascinating in terms of, uh, well, there's a lot of things that, (laughs) that we could go with on there, but what, how did that come to be? And did you guys always work together or like, how did you guys decide to go down that path? So I think it was a, um, from his perspective, it was out of necessity, mm-hmm. um, in that I he was, needed you. He mm. needed me. He actually did. Oh, so he's been an entrepreneur since we met, um, some 20 years ago. And 
been through multiple businesses and um, many of those years I was a product designer and there were many, many years where actually finding people to design your products was extremely challenging. And so he was constantly turning to me to, to help him with his, his latest venture. Um, and that just budded over time. And so HelloMD is sort of the baby of all those years. It's your fourth <laughs> child. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, people often ask me, what's it like to work with your husband? You know, should I, should I work with my husband? Should I start a company? And I would say that very, very few relationships and very few people are cut out to actually I would totally agree. succeed on that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like curious um, if Samantha's, I know, yeah, Samantha's bad idea. I, 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 and I, I do think that the one of the reasons why we have been successful at doing this is that we have um, we really don't have any overlap in terms of uh, skill sets okay. at all. And we have very radically different ways of looking at things. I'm more about the intangible. He's about the tangible. So for, for instance, I love to, to think about brand building or, you know, how, how, how do you go out and speak to people and then, um, maybe transition them from thinking of being anti-cannabis to, oh, well, maybe that might, might, you know, play a part in my life. To me, that's the intangible of the business that we're in. He's the tangible, like, ROI, like right, return right. on investment, like dollar cents, all of that sort of stuff. So we have very, very different ways of looking at and things. And how do which you handle helped. disagreements? Um, well, let's see. How do we handle disagreements? The boxing gloves come up. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> you know, over time, I've just realized that you really have to choose your battles. Mm -hmm. And like so many things, you really do. And so we've gotten very good at um, compromising and understanding uh, the boundaries for each other. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, and he's extremely supportive of, um, of my role within the company and supporting, um, my needs and growth as a, as a person within the company. And so I, I recognize that and, and applaud him. Yeah. <laughs> I think in, you know, as, um, I get further along in my relationship with my husband and with Aaron and with different people, there's a lot about, um, making sure that there's that mutual respect there and mm -hmm. also knowing that you want the best for that other person. Yeah. So I feel like that's where a lot of um, things go wrong, where there's either jealousy or resentment, even mm -hmm. if it's not very prevalent and on the surface, that's kind of what drives those arguments and that inability to to work together. And yeah. so it seems like you guys have this really great place of respect from which you come and that you um, really have kindness and that you want the other person to live their best life and have fun doing that. And and I think also we've been doing it for more than 10 years mm -hmm. now. Um, but, you know, there are certain dynamics that, that for instance, he's a real introvert mm -hmm. and I'm a real extrovert. I've realized like I would never be a co-founder with two introverts or two extroverts, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? So, so sometimes people will say I'm the CEO because I'm more more out there, mm -hmm. and he doesn't get upset with that. For instance, yeah. Now I've known other co-founding teams where if one person gets put in a publication or press, the other gets really upset, right? So mm -hmm. there's there's a lot of different types of balancing, personality balancing, and and just different aspects of having a co-founder or co-founders. And then being married is just another aspect then there's, of that. <laughs> there's like next level. Yeah. I have a question for Samantha. Um, coming back a little bit to the business side mm. about growth. One thing that's really interesting about your story is you saw early on the power of partnership. Mm -hmm. And so bringing your business to Portis that can... Protus. Protus, pardon me. <laughs> that can... Um, 
scale you out faster. Yeah. And the same thing for HelloMD. You're really focused on scaling through partnerships as well Correct. as we are at Garden Society. So how do you look to identify potential partners that would be good for you to realize that you could scale with? I feel like in all business, people want to work with people that they like. Mm-hmm. And that's just that that's just always the way I I operate. And even if I go to these conferences and I see a uh, someone who's presenting and I just don't feel the energy, even if it's a huge company that I'd love to work with or for, I just don't feel it. And I just walk <laughs> out of the room. I know I'm, maybe that's not the best business approach, but I just, I, I just do. And if I meet someone and I love their story, I just want to get to know them. And I think then getting to know them and and, and again, so knowing the founders and investors and all these other other people in the industry, I just then I enjoy the matchmaking part of it. Mm-hmm. I think that's really fun and really cool. And you know, while I feel like there's there could be a you know dollars attached to it, mm-hmm. I think it's really cool when I just pick up the phone and I say, you know, I just I had a thought. Would you be interested in talking to? you know, whatever it is. And they'd say, oh yeah, that's a great idea. And just making a connection. Mm -hmm. So I just, I, I like partnerships based on people that I like. And I feel like it's also a good lesson to also ask for things sometimes. I mean, I've, you know, it's sort of uncomfortable. I'm not a real asker, like, mm-hmm. Hey, could you do me a favor? Mm-hmm. I'm, but I I'm happy to do something <laughs> for someone else. Um, and I've had to reach out to a couple of leaders recently and say, I, I could really use a warm introduction to this person because I do not cold introductions to someone who's running a company doesn't work right now. They're way too barrage. So, I, you know, yes. and Aaron's a perfect example. <laughs> I reached out to you and I was like, could you do me a big favor? Do you mind introducing me to the CEO of this company? You're like, no, not at all. You're like, in fact, let me introduce you to some of the colleagues. Wrote a beautiful email trying to connect us. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so great. Thank you so much. Well, so, you're so welcome. Yeah. Well, but <laughs> but I, I agree. And we talk about this at Garden Society, especially in the cannabis space. Like we have hellacious stories to say around the old industry and some partners we used to work with and <laughs> things we've been exposed to, especially as women. I think our um, relationships with some industry professionals have been very different than if we were a man. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to be unapologetic about working with people that have the same values we mm-hmm. have. And if they don't, like, even if it hurts our business, totally, we're not going to do it. If there's someone who makes me uncomfortable, mm-hmm. which, and I'm pretty open to most everyone, if there's someone who makes me uncomfortable, I just, I sort of shut down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you can't be nice in the cannabis yes. industry, smoking weed, you probably have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So on the flip side, I do think that Aaron and I have gotten excited about people or partnerships and it tends, and then you're going so fast that you make a decision and then, you know, partway through the relationship, you're like, oh wait, this isn't quite the fit. It's not, and it's not about like the relationship, but it's about mm-hmm. like the, either the skill set or the fit. So do you have advice around like, how do you kind of step back once you've really made a bond or, or a relationship with someone to make sure that their skill set or their, their history can fit the needs of like what you're looking for? I, my, my <laughs> thought on that is, is that I don't necessarily know if I can tell you how to avoid that because right. I think you only know someone or something once you actually as they say, get in bed with them. But I would also say, be direct and 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 cut it off early if something isn't working. Because mm-hmm. I feel oftentimes things just linger. And mm-hmm. maybe if it's an employee or a relationship or a partnership, I think you just address it early. Because otherwise, then you spend all of this time and angst about how to how to extricate 
from a partnership or a relationship when you really need to be building your business. Mm -hmm. And it's not easy to do, but you're a, you know, you're a CEO. I mean, that's, that's what you kind of signed up for. Yep. Totally. We're living it real time. So that's exactly. Have you had any experiences like that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think, I think what you have to remember is that cultural fit is, is really, it's that intuition that, Mm -hmm. that if, if you feel it's a cultural fit, then it's probably going to work out from a, a personality standpoint. But at the end of the day, it's about business, right? And if somebody is not meeting the grade, you know, you have to have an open, honest conversation about that or or it's just not a match made in heaven. Mm-hmm. And then like Samantha said, cut it off early. And yes, it, you know, we have had those situations of which I will not divulge details. No, no, no. But just knowing but, that but we're not CBD alone. before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I also think it's the art of a startup. Like there's yeah. some really great podcasts out there who are talking about, and you know, Carly and I talk about this a lot to each other where we're in an uncomfortable time because we're in a growing industry with a growing business, with a growing family. If mm-hmm. I ever write a book, it's like birthing cubed. What the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, but you're chewing off a lot right now, my friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's true where like part, I think it's womanhood, right? As you, whether you age or your family grows or your personal, you know, your hobbies grow or whatever, like growth is part of life. And so growth is uncomfortable, but that's mm-hmm. what we should be striving for and is I, by growing. And I think you, you guys would agree and you would agree with your husband. If you can surround yourself with really good people and good partners, it makes all the difference. And I feel like I am so grateful for my group at Protus from mm. my partners to the people who are helping me on all the searches. I love them and I have fun and they're doing amazing work. And that makes my life yeah. so much easier. I have this saying now that um, you are the average of the five people people that you spend the most time with. Yeah. And I think that's Ooh. in your in your personal life. I you're love the that. you're the sum total right, I of those people. I really enjoy that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So think about your personal life and who you surround yourself with and how you um, distinguish who you let in and and where your perimeter is. Mm-hmm. And I I like to think about that in terms of my work life as well. That kind of harkens back to our cutting out the noise episode where we talked about kind of like shedding the parts of your life that aren't like really bringing you joy or lifting Mm -hmm. you up or, you know, bringing you, helping you get to where you need to be. And I think that that's a really great key. And you're in a tough situation because I'm sure you have so many people reaching out to you for so many things all the time. And so about letting people in, I mean, you you know, you have to be able to have some boundaries with that too, Mm -hmm. because otherwise you'd have people all day long, like, Hey, yeah, it's it's an interesting dilemma because there's uh, on one level you you need and I like to connect with people and on the other hand there's the the personal space. Right. Some mm-hmm. people right. get a hold of my personal cell phone and call me. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know how we did this, but we are like already running close to our time. It's so wild. <laughs> this has been so much fun. I would love for you both to share with our listeners how they might find more information about you or your companies, whatever you'd like to share in terms of like Instagram, all that. Great. Um, so you, you can find uh, HelloMD at HelloMD.com. Um, we do general doctor's consultations and sell products um, throughout the nation and in California, THC products. Um, and Instagram, it's HelloMD underscore com. And my personal Instagram is Pamela underscore hello. 
<laughs> you think. <laughs> no, I'm I, think. I know. My, I'm like looking into my eyes. <laughs> Samantha. Um, I would say uh, LinkedIn is great for me okay, right now. Great. So it's Samantha Ford, Protis Global, and then go to protisglobal.com, P-R-O-T-I-S global.com. And you can find my background and more about our company on there. Great. And we'll have um, all of those connections in our show notes. So if you didn't catch any of that, that will be there, which lives on our website, thegardensociety.com. And of course, you know where else to listen to us because you're listening now. <laughs> and I'd love to talk about what our spark of joy yes, is. Aaron, what is your spark of joy? I, I Well, so we played this little game. <laughs> oh, and while we're, while Aaron's talking, I'm just going to light up a little. We're sparking. Um, we're going to spark a little headband from our farm up in Mendocino. It's a really nice uplifting um, strain. And yeah, go for it, Aaron. Great. Well, we, I, I just think um, cannabis is so useful for medical values. We talk a lot about this. Pamela, you and I do all these events around women's wellness. So mm-hmm. the fibromyalgia, chronic pain, anxiety, it's so beneficial for all of that, but it's also really fun. And so my spark of joy is this weekend, we played a little game of Russian roulette <laughs> with our new sativa dark chocolate, where we didn't know what was medicated and what wasn't medicated. And so I had some very dear friends for dinner and we just all had a chocolate and we said, let's wait and see who wins the grand prize. (laughs) Definitely won on Friday night, (laughs) but edibles take two hours to hit you. So we went through a nice dinner and then all of a sudden my friend and I were laughing hysterically and we're like, why are we like out of control? Let's laughter. My husband's and our other friend was, you know, stone cold sober looking at us like, what is wrong with you? And we're like, the chocolate. We won. Anyway, you guys should have played like Pictionary or something and no one should have been allowed to say who had the winning chocolate. Oh, there we go. could have just been like by drawing. Okay. So I'd love to hear everyone else's spark of joy. Oh, a spark of joy from the weekend. Hmm. I actually had a really great um, evening last night with a girlfriend. We went out and we had a glass of wine. And actually, it was funny, Samantha, she is coming over. Um, she just started in HR and so, and in the cannabis, newly in the cannabis industry. So it was really fun, just fun to like catch up with someone who the moment they walk in the door, you can't stop talking, you yeah. know, having that moment. So. Yeah, that That's was very that was mine. All right, Samantha, what's yours? <laughs> so mine right now, I feel like I've been really sucked in for two months with rain and oh, because we have been. Yeah, exactly. I have not been working out nearly as much. I've been literally. I wake up some days. I'm on the phone from six a.m. to six p.m. And my spark of joy was getting out to a lacrosse game in Woodside and having no phone and no computer and just being in the most beautiful place on the planet with blue skies and warm weather in a workout outfit. And while my son practiced before his game, I just went for a beautiful hike and then came back down and watched. Oh, that sounds so awesome. Was, yeah, yeah. Like what you were talking so about, Pamela. And grateful, yeah, to be oh, out here. Oh, that's so great. Nice. How about yours? So once a week, I go from Marin County into San Francisco, and I go to Yoga Tree in the Castro, and I go to Janet Stone's class, and she's amazing, the 615 class. If you're into yoga... Um, you might know about her. And if you're not, she's really... You should know about her. We'll put, you should. We'll put, that, in the, we'll put that in the show notes too. Yeah. So that is my my weekly spark of joy. Oh, I love yeah. that. I, I got to get a weekly spark of joy like that. That's yeah. a good one. No more no more drinking wine. Yeah. No, just kidding. Well, the, oh, So my spark of joy yes. happened about midway through the show when I realized... 
that Aaron and I are Twinkies today. Oh my God, you two are twinning. So, I so love that. I have my podcaster shirt on. Oh, I love it. How do we get team podcasters? I That's love cute. that. Well, thank you guys all so much for thank listening you. this oh, thank week. Thank you. Thank you guys for coming. Joe, we love you. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Be sure to check the podcast show notes at thegardensociety.com for a deeper dive into each episode. Engage with Carly and Aaron via social at GRDN Society. If you like what you hear, help spread the joy. Subscribe, rate, and review Garden Society, the podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Garden Society, the podcast, is produced by Joanna Newding and recorded in the Casually Baked Studio in downtown Oakland, California. Sound engineering is performed by Arnav Gupta. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, my name is Leah Babrudi, and I'm the founder and host of Canna Chicks Podcast, where I discuss cannabis, psychedelics, and other natural medicines. I not only interview people who use them as treatment for different conditions, but also the entrepreneurs who share their knowledge on how they built their businesses. If this sounds interesting to you, give my show a listen. I'm sure you'll learn something that'll surprise you.